Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to welcome back a special guest, New York Times bestselling author, Amazon's number one bestseller in the weight loss category, host of two podcasts, and intermittent fasting expert, Jen Stevens. Jen is here to continue the conversation about healthy living. Last time we spoke on this podcast was episode 74, where we were talking about eating cleanish. It was around two years ago at the launch of her book with the same name. Today, we're going to dive further into intermittent fasting and how it's not only for weight loss, but it's key to a healthier lifestyle. Jin connects the gut to the brain as what and when we eat affects our mood, our immune systems, our cognitive functioning, and our cravings. Jin has a new book out, 28 Day Fast Start, Day by Day, and she's here to shout to the world that IF, intermittent fasting, isn't only for weight loss, it's a key to a healthier lifestyle. Jen, I am so excited that you are here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so grateful that you are here to have this conversation with us about intermittent fasting. It is something that I think it's been really popular. I mean, you've had a number of books and it has been popular in the last you know, half decade, we'll say. Right. It is something that's truly people have been doing for more than decades. Fasting is part of every major religion. And so a lot of people are familiar with it only through the lens of, you know, religious practices, but it's a very healthy way to live your life. You know, I talked to um, an intermittent fasting expert who um, works at, well, he's retired now from Johns Hopkins, Dr. Mark Matson. He's one of the premier intermittent fasting experts um, in the world, I would say, but he does neurological research and he's been doing intermittent fasting personally since the 1980s. Once he realized what a healthy way it was to live based on his research that he was doing, he's like, well, I'm going to do it. So he just has lived that way his whole life. So it's definitely, I like to call it the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. You know, I certainly came to it because I wanted to lose weight. I lost 80 pounds with intermittent fasting, but this is my 10th holiday season. We're recording this in December. This is my 10th holiday season as an intermittent faster. And, you know, it's just, it's just what I do. And it's, it's, it's a lifelong, you know, um, you know, really it's a lifestyle once you get in the rhythm of it. Well, and, and I actually believe that's true for a healthy way of life right. is that you want to make it workable for you so that it can be your lifestyle because exactly. then you stick with it. And yeah. I will tell you, and when we spoke about this on the last episode, my very best friend from college, Megan, she was the one who introduced me. She is an avid, you know, hi from Megan because she loves your podcast. She's read all your books and she really, she's not just a super fan. She really believes and she has seen success right. in, and, and she's somebody, you know, just to give a little context, you know, I look at her and I never thought she needed to lose any weight. 
However, I know as somebody who was in college with her, like we always wanted to be a little healthier, to be a little trimmer. And she has followed it in a different way than her family has. And they've reached the goals that they've set for themselves. So, you know, from the people I've seen in the spheres of intermittent fasting is it isn't just for the person who feels like they need to leave to lose a lot of weight. So um, for those that might be new to IF though, can you tell them what is intermittent fasting? Right. And that's, that's a great question. Everybody's probably heard of it by now. And they might think, oh, that sounds really hard. <laughs> and it's just really, you know, in simplest terms, it's just that we do not actually need to eat from the moment we wake up till the moment we go to bed. And when you practice intermittent fasting, you have all of your eating in what we call an eating window instead of, you know, like everyone does it really, you know, every single person fasts while they're sleeping and wakes up in the morning and breaks the fast at breakfast, right? That's what breakfast means, break the fast. So really every person is already doing it to a degree. Unfortunately, most people, the the period of time when they're eating is, you know, like you might be eating the whole time you're awake from breakfast to right before bedtime. And the only time you're fasting is when you're sleeping. But for those of us that are intermittent fasters, we just push our you know, when we when we start eating our break fast or when we open our eating window, push that later than first thing and we stop eating. And so we just compress the period of time where we eat. So instead of, you know, fueling our body through eating from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we let our body work on what's already in there. You know, our stored glycogen, our stored fat, whatever fuel we took in prior to this moment, there's plenty on hand, you know, um, we don't need to be taking in new fuel from sun up to sundown. And it gives our body an important break to do many, many things um, that, that help us you know, metabolically as well. Now, can you explain in terms of, we don't need to go into a deep dive science lesson, although I know you have a background in education and you might, do, love, yeah. you might love for us to do that. Uh, but I would like to talk a little bit about the science. I seem to remember your story in which, and this might be a lot of people's stories, is tried different diets and doing yeah. different things. And it wasn't until the intermittent fasting that the the fat is able to burn differently and oh, yeah. that's what keeps it off. So can you share a little bit about that? So back in the day when I first was, you know, dabbling in intermittent fasting before it actually stuck as a lifestyle for me. Pretty much everybody was just saying, well, intermittent fasting just works because it allows you to eat fewer calories, right? You're eating in a shorter period of time. It allows you to eat fewer calories. That's yeah. easier. I'm like, well, that makes sense, right? Because we've all been trained on calories in, calories out. And, you know, I started reading some things over the years because I literally read everything that had to do with weight loss because I was struggling. I was yo-yoing up and down within this literally like 80 pound range. Like I would yo-yo up and then I would yo-yo down and every time the ups got higher and the downs didn't quite get as far. So I was struggling, but I was reading everything. The first book that really made me think what's well, not just about calories in calories out was um, really maybe good calories, bad calories, Gary Tobbs. Now ev everything he says in there, I no longer think is like completely true. And like a lot of stuff you know, we fine tuned since he wrote that it was a long time ago, but he got me thinking, right? And then Dr. Jason Fung wrote The Obesity Code, and he explained in there, and that's when it really stuck, the idea of high levels of insulin keeping us from burning fat. And he really explains why the typical low-calorie diet where we're eating all the time you know, from, you know, like we've been trained, you know, eat six small meals a day, right? That's what they told us to do to, to boost our metabolism. 
when you're doing that, when you're eating those tiny little meals and drinking your little beverages, you're keeping your insulin high because every time you eat, your body releases insulin. Well, insulin is a hormone. You might've only heard of it through the lens of someone who's diabetic, but insulin is what they call anti-lipolytic, meaning high levels of insulin anti-lipolytic block fat burning, anti-fat burning. So with those tiny little meals and the beverages and all of that, we're keeping our body pumping out insulin all the time. Insulin's high. You probably have heard of insulin resistance and so many people have that these days that insulin resistance goes up along with weight gain, right? And here's why. We have too much insulin. Our body cannot tap into the fat because insulin is constantly high. So when we're fasting, we're not taking in things that cause our insulin to go up. Our insulin's able to come down. Suddenly, we no longer have that anti-lipolytic, that anti-fat burning effect of insulin. And our body is able to finally tap into our fat stores for fuel. So anybody who's ever tried a low-calorie diet, and you remember being like hangry all the time. Totally, yeah. You eat your, you know... 100 calorie snack pack that is supposed to be your, your snack. And then and you're like more hungry. 30 minutes later, you're like, oh my God, I'm good. I'm starving. And yet you've got all this stored fuel on your body that you're trying to get into and burn and your body just can't get to it. With intermittent fasting, it's completely different. We teach our body over time to be metabolically flexible, meaning when we're fasting and fasting clean, which I can talk about in a few minutes, when we're fasting clean, insulin is down and our body can use our fat stores for fuel. So instead of feeling hangry, our body is tapping into our stored fat. We feel good. We have great energy. Everything works as it should. Our body is able to switch fuel sources and, and use that stored fuel that's on hand. And so, you know, are you eating fewer calories when you live an intermittent fasting lifestyle? Maybe, but it, the, the main thing is that you're keeping insulin low and now your body is able to access the calories, if you will, that you stored there, I don't know, 10 years ago, whenever you, you put them into your fat stores, your body's able finally to get to them again. Well, I mean, so beautifully said, and easy for us, you know, the teacher and you to, to understand. And when your body is actually, think of it like a machine and it, when it's well-oiled, then everything else in your system hopefully is able to run more efficiently when it is being in. And that's why I guess this leads into the cleanish conversation, similar to what we had last time is that, you know, tell us about the window is if you're shoving yourself with french fries and burgers in that small window of time, the result might be different than if it's fruits, vegetables, clean meats, and fish. Well, you know, most of us in the intermittent fasting world go through a journey. I mean, some people start off, you know, they're already eating in a really, really healthy way. And so they just keep doing that. But some of us, like I came to intermittent fasting, and I was eating the standard American diet. I was driving through. I, I had done so many diets. The The problem was no matter how I ate and changed my eating prior to intermittent fasting, I couldn't lose the weight and keep it off. So I was just so sick of trying that I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And I'm just going to be obese. I mean, I was obese. I weighed 210 pounds and I'm five. Wow. five. Mm. So I was just like, forget it. So when I started intermittent fasting, 
I just changed when I was eating, you know, because intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's when you eat. A diet is what you eat. We okay. all have a diet, whether it's standard American diet or a cleanish diet or whatever diet you eat. We all eat our diet. So I started off just with when I was eating with intermittent fasting and I started to lose the weight. But over time, as my body got healthier, as I started to, you know, start eating healthier foods, I started craving healthier foods. And so it just, it happened over time and not because I thought I should, or I needed to, my body just started directing me, you know, as we become more in tune with our hunger and satiety signals, one day you're like thinking, what do I want to eat? It's not McDonald's, it's Brussels sprouts. And you're like, who is this, right? How did this happen? I think a lot of it has to do with the changes in our gut microbiome. You, you talked about that in the introduction, you know, our gut needs a period of rest as well. Yeah. And the, um, the, the bugs that live down there, you know, when you're, when you're not eating, they have time to do some things as well. And, you know, what is in our gut drives our cravings. So, you know, the healthier you do it with your digestion, right? Yep. What you're eating and how you're digesting it. Yep. It's true. So the healthier you eat, it kind of just like snowballs, right? Yeah. First of all, you're doing the intermittent fasting. Then you suddenly start craving vegetables you never knew you wanted to eat. And then your gut gets healthier. And then your gut sends cravings for, for better quality food instead of, and then you're driving by McDonald's and thinking, why did I ever like that? Right. Yeah, so right. it happens naturally. That's what's so beautiful about the process. Well, and I love how you look at it as a process because right. I think that, that, those that have struggled th with diets through the years. And I mean, I remember the the good old eighties when my mom was doing Weight Watchers, which is, is, you know, very balanced. I think to this mm -hmm. day, it still probably is, but they, you know, she had her little notebook and right. she had her little, you know, colors or whatever it was that, uh, it, you want something that you're going to, that's going to one, bring you success also live a lifestyle that you're happy about, right? right. And right. that you're not feeling um, so taken back by all the rules and the regulations. Right. That, you know, that I think from the, the years that I have been hearing about intermittent fasting and is what I understand that makes this so doable for people as a lifestyle is that the, one of the benefits is it's simple. It's so you, simple. You have a window, you follow it. Can yeah. you talk about some more benefits in addition to it being simple and not having all these rules and notebooks and things, which are not necessarily bad, quite honestly, uh, but can be a roadblock for some people that just have a challenge with that? Well, I just never again want to have to do a math problem to eat food, right? I just want to eat food. I just want to open my window, eat until I'm satisfied close my window. And that's as hard as I want to want to think about it. And intermittent fasting allows me to do that. And, you know, I've talked to hundreds of intermittent fasters on my podcast, intermittent fasting stories. I think I recorded number, episode 391 this week. Wow. <laughs> These are all individual people. That I'm talking 400. To. That's great. It is. And all individual stories to your point. Yeah. Like they're individual stories. Yeah. And I mean, there are thousands of people that have been through my communities, but one thing we hear over and over again is that not having to make all of the food decisions all day, like freeze your mind in a way that you just can't really believe until you are living it. You know, if, if someone is not living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, like me before intermittent fasting or the listeners who have not tried it, um, you wake up in the morning thinking about what you're going to have for breakfast. And then you, you're always thinking like throughout the day, 
you know, when am I going to eat again? Is it time to eat again? Am I hungry? Should I have eat again? Is it time for a latte? Should, should I have that? And then sometimes you make a decision, you feel guilty, like I shouldn't have had that scone with my latte. And you're just constantly making food decisions, should I or shouldn't I? Am I hungry? Am I not? And that is just that, that food noise is in your brain all the time. And I just remember how hard that was. And you're also, you know, every time you eat, you're you're fueled up from what you just put in and then time goes by and then that drops and now you're needing something else to come in. So you're constantly putting in more fuel, more fuel, more fuel, but you're thinking about it all the time. And when you're living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, that decision is is not one you need to make. Like right now, you know, I woke up today, I had my black coffee, I'm drinking some water right now and my window is closed. I haven't had to make a single food decision because it's not time for me to eat yet. Once I open my window, then I'll think, oh, what sounds really good? Instead of like, what should I eat? What fits my points or my macros or my calories? I don't think about that. No worrying about that. I just open my window. I eat until I'm satisfied, however that looks for the day. And then I close my window and that's it. And it's just so simple. I don't count, like I said, I don't count calories, macros, grams of things, any of that. Points, nothing. Now, can you talk a little bit about how do people feel when they start? Because you go, maybe a lot of people go from a place where they've been eating mm -hmm. and grazing all day. And so, like you said, they might be thinking about it, or maybe they're not even thinking about it. They're just doing, but they wake up, they have their pretty coffee with cream in it and sugar. Right. They go and they have, you know, maybe they're having smoothies or maybe they're having donuts. Nonetheless, they're still eating and digesting early and throughout the day. Right. How does it feel to go from the first, you know, your your new book is about the, those first 28 days. Right. Can you explain how a person might feel and what some of the, I don't want to call them red flags, but those moments of, we'll call them red pauses where they're like, oh my goodness, I don't feel well. Should I still be doing this? Right. Well, that's that's the, the whole point to the book, 28 Day Fast Start Day by Day is, you're going to be learning how to ease in for your body. And there's three different approaches that you can choose from. Um, one of them is, is more easing in. And there's one in the middle. And there's one we call rip off the band-aid. But even on rip off the band-aid, week one is not, you know, what you're going to be doing at the end. You're still going to be easing in because you're exactly right. Your body is not metabolically flexible on day one, unless you are just like, if you're in really great physical shape and you've been really eating healthy for a long time and you're an athlete, you may be metabolically flexible already and you're just looking for a little simplicity with intermittent fasting. It's a healthy way to live. But if you're like most people in you know, looking around and you know, most people are not metabolically healthy these days, have some extra weight to lose, your body may not have been metabolically healthy for a long time. And so you're going to have to teach your body how to do this. And that is, that is what takes the time and understanding that you might feel foggy headed at the beginning as your body's not flipping that metabolic switch to fat burning, but knowing that it's a process, knowing that you're going to get there. And that's what I really have throughout this new book you know, to really help people understand you do have to get through the, the part that doesn't feel as good to get to the part that feels better. But once you get there, it's it's an amazing way to live. And people who have been living the intermittent fasting lifestyle for, for years, you just would never dream of not doing it because you feel so much better. But it does get better. You just have to trust that your body can get there and it can. But it really is a process. Well, 
I, I mentioned at the top, my best friend from college, Megan, this has been a lifestyle for her. Right. And so in, in support and excitement, when she was talking about how great she felt, I did try intermittent fasting. Now, I will say for all you out there who you know, um, having any type of chronic disease, uh, you want to touch base with your doctors about it. It is remarkable how many doctors do some form of intermittent fasting. True. Maybe they don't rave the flag and say, we're coming on your podcast to talk about it, but that they have these windows of eating and there are longer windows where some people just 12 hours and 12 hours. Right. And, and it, but I, I also say the reason I stopped was because my medication changed. And so with that being said, I think that there is a time and a place for people that are like me and, and just have the conversation with your doctor about it because your body might be altered from the medications or the chemotherapies or whatever it might be that you are on. That being said, I feel like I have heard a lot of people in the cancer community talk mm -hmm. about intermittent fasting, read up on it. I think Jen, you and I had talked about um, the founder of Wild Tree and how she's an intermittent faster. And that is a, a magazine, an amazing magazine for uh, breast cancer survivors, thrivers, and it's a, a wonderful resource. Right. And, and exactly. And, you know, there's research on fasting as you go through chemotherapy, for example. And of course, you definitely want to have a practitioner who understands how to guide you because there's no universal, here's how you must, you should, or here's the best way. If you're going through chemotherapy or cancer treatment there, but there's research that, that actually indicates that if you're going through chemotherapy, fasting alongside of that can help your chemotherapy target the cancer cells and it can help protect your healthy cells. Now, I'm, I'm not an expert in cancer, right? So I just want to put that out there, but you can find it. You can find that research out there. I will say I do have a friend named Sandy that was very keen on that. And the research is out there. I do always suggest, as Jen and I both said, is, right. is bring it to your doctor and ask your doctor about it. What she found is that what it helped her tremendously was from the side effects. It gets exactly. side effects be bad. I yeah. don't know in terms of how she would say it worked, like in terms of the longevity of the treatment itself. And I think that's an individual thing. However, I mean, hey, we all know that that side effects can can be really daunting. And so right. again, it, it it it's just an avenue to look into to have this toolbox of arsenals of when you are going through whether it is. Um, you know, chemotherapy, or you have another chronic illness and you're on some harsh medications. I, right. I yeah. You definitely want to talk to your doctor if you're on medications about how to time it around the fast and never be hesitant to ask your doctor or your pharmacist. Sometimes pharmacists might have more information about the timing of your medication than your doctor, because the pharmacist is trained in medication and the doctor doesn't have that exact same kind of training. So talk to them both. Um, and I will also say that I have had plenty of doctors that will look at me and they are brilliant and they have many different certifications. However, nutrition mm -hmm. is not one of them. And I have had very, very smart doctors say to me, like, listen, I don't think it's going to hurt, but I don't know if it's going to help. And right. listen to me, that's like, oh my goodness, you said it's not going to hurt. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I'm going to do it. Uh, there have been, but but I do have my main oncologist, We, you know, my my quarterback, he has told me he has he's referred me to an oncologist that specializes in integrative health. And so right. I, I think those integrative health practitioners may have more of a keen eye and I more information so. that they can share. So uh, so that was a side note there. Can we talk a little bit about mood and yeah. food and mood and intermittent fasting? 
share some experiences and because like I said at the top, I, you know, I've, I've heard that this can be a benefit in terms mm-hmm. of why someone should be an intermittent faster. Absolutely. We hear this all the time. And again, there, there are many reasons why, you know, physically, you know, we're tapping into our fat stores where you have great energy. Once you're fat adapted, this, like I said, it isn't going to happen on day one or even week one, maybe not till week four. I don't, it just depends on your body. But once you're cruising along, your body makes that you know, metabolic switch you find steady energy and better mood because we're not having that up and down blood sugar roller coaster that you are used to. Now, on the flip side, I do want to talk about a challenge that, you know, I, I know from you know, being in the intermittent fasting community for so many years, and that is emotional eating. And so many people have from early age, for whatever reason, you know, that maybe their parents rewarded them whenever they were sad, here's a cookie, you know, they they've come to use food as an emotional, kind of to stuff down the emotions. That's very, very common. You have an uncomfortable feeling, you soothe yourself with food or a latte or something, whatever it might be. And so suddenly you're doing intermittent fasting and you no longer have that food coping mechanism. Now, when you think about it with your logical brain, we all know that we should not be soothing ourselves emotionally with lattes and desserts and a donut and food. We know that is not helping our health, right? But it's a different kind of feeling when now you're like faced with my window is closed. I'm feeling sad. I would like to have a donut. You have to really learn how to process your emotions differently. And that's actually powerful and a positive. First, you recognize that it's happening. You know, wow, I always would have that go to go buy Starbucks when I felt like this. Now my window is closed and I, I, you know, quote, can't do that now. So instead, you maybe have to feel your feelings and think about them a little bit. And and that can be a little scary, but we, we develop new coping mechanisms because I think anyone who copes with food knows they don't want to. Yes. But we are capable of change and understanding, you know, we are capable of change and I'm choosing to be an intermittent faster because I I, I understand the health benefits and the you know, I know how much it's going to help me in the long run reach, you know, the, the physical you know, way I want to feel in my body. So I've got to learn a new way to cope with my difficult feelings. Well, and, and that makes a lot of sense. We, you have really thrown out there a number of reasons why it makes sense for us all to embrace a healthier lifestyle through IF. Right. You share some myths, maybe debunk a few, uh, what people might be saying, the haters out there about, oh, you shouldn't do this. There's one that is just prevalent and it it just keeps, you know, popping up. And it's that women have to be super careful with fasting because it's, you know, bad for our hormones or that we have to fast differently or that we can't fast certain times of the month. And there are, you know, several voices out there making those types of claims. So the good news is I have, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I was an elementary teacher. I have a doctorate in gifted education, but I have a lot of friends in the health and wellness community. And on my Fast Feast Repeat podcast um, that I I co-host with my friend Sherry Bullock, we've just had um, an OBGYN on to talk about, and it's an OBGYN who loves intermittent fasting and does it and works with her patients, you know, and to incorporate intermittent fasting in in their care plan. Um, So we're busting those myths on that episode. So I know you want to hear from an OBGYN, not from an elementary teacher about that, but it'll be episode 28 of the Fast Feast Repeat podcast coming out on January 10th. But she assured us that, you know, the the myth that women 
should not fast or that it is not safe for our hormones is just not true or that we need to fast differently certain times of the month. Basically, it all boils down to here's what's not good for women's hormones. Over-restriction or over-exercising to the point that your body thinks you're in danger and then you lose your period, right? You know, that happens to, to female athletes all the time. You know, they they are doing this extreme, you know, athletics that they're doing, their their sports, they lose their periods. But yet we don't say, well, then exercise must be bad for women, because that's an extreme example. The same with with dieting. If you're on a very, very low calorie diet and you're not eating enough, like if someone has an eating disorder or they're anorexic, they lose their period, right? Yeah. That is not good for women. And our period lets us know. But when we're living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, we are not over restricting. That's not the way that that you should be living the lifestyle. You know, my book that was a New York Times bestseller is fast, feast, repeat, not fast, eat a little tiny diet meal, repeat. We're nourishing our body well. So, you know, in all the years that I've been running intermittent fasting communities, the only time anyone's ever struggled with their, their cycle is maybe at the very beginning as your body's like, oh, this is a little strange. But after the, the first month when your body's like, okay, we're good, people don't report losing their period unless they're accidentally pregnant, which happens a lot. Yeah. People have women, like they might have PCOS, which is so uh-huh. very common these days. And that's related to you know metabolic dysfunction. We'll have women who have had PCOS for years and maybe they haven't been getting regular periods for years. And then all of a sudden they start getting regular periods again. So it's it's showing that it is actually healing their hormones, not hurting them. You know, Dr. Tabitha Barber that we had on the show calls your your period your fifth vital sign. And so if if you know at the very beginning things might be weird for just like one month, but after that, you're going to probably find that things are more regular than before. And as long as you're cycling, you know that what you're doing is good for your body and not bad for it. And we even have people with PCOS, like I said, that hadn't had periods or they were told they probably wouldn't get pregnant. They have to stop intermittent fasting because oops, they're pregnant. And I actually interviewed an OBGYN years ago, um, Cecily Ganhart, who uses intermittent fasting with her PCOS patients to improve fertility. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there uh, surrounding women, but they tend to get repeated. Like, oh, it's it's dangerous, it's bad. And then one person says it like that game of telephone. You know, one person says it, then another person says it. Now it's like right. conventional wisdom and everybody thinks it's true. But that's really not true. <laughs> It gets picked up, but it goes another direction. And thank you. Um, this is, I mean, this is really helpful. You have so much, such a wealth of information. You've got several books and the book that by the time this drops, right, this podcast, it, your book will be available for sale. Right. I want to talk a little bit about like, how does this book differ than Fast Feast Repeat? Right. Well, that's a great question. You know, because I actually, when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat and it did really well, both my editor and my literary agent said, what's your next intermittent fasting book going to be? And I said, no, I'm not writing another intermittent fasting book. Fast Feast Repeat is everything you need. And that is actually true. It is comprehensive. It has everything. However, that is both its greatest strength and one of its greatest weaknesses. It's so comprehensive that it's almost like too much information, if you know what I mean. You know, if you're starting with something, you're not ready for every little bit of it 
on day one. Right. And so I realized that, you know, there were people who did not want to read the whole fast feast repeat and maybe they read it straight through. And then at the end, they just didn't remember. It was just too much. So the teacher in me said, oh, okay. There is another book that I need to write. And that is where I came up with 28 Day Fast Start Day by Day. It's by watching my community and seeing the struggles that people had. And, you know, like I'd be like, okay, well, that was in Fast Feast Repeat, but they didn't remember it. So every day in this new book, you get a bite-sized piece of information that you need for that day. And it's got places in there for goal setting. Like, you know, here we are day 12, right? You know, you've got your day 12 there. You're planning for a successful day. You're like, all right, what approach am I following today? What are my goals for today? And then there's a lesson for the day. Here on day 12, the lesson was lifestyle versus diet. What's the difference? And it's just a little bite-sized piece that you'll you'll read, just a couple pages about that to understand. And then we have a daily inspiration spotlight from a past intermittent fasting stories guest with advice from them. And then at the end of the day, there's a place for you to reflect on how your day went. Well, and I think for some people, this is beyond yeah. perfect, if that even makes sense. Well, yeah, it's what people didn't know they needed. And then <laughs> it's accountability, but right. it's not... Um, community groups can work for many people and other people want to do it themselves. Yeah. And having the big book that the, the first book really does, or fast piece repeat, I should say, uh, it, it helps because all the information is there, but the new book has the ability to go day by day and to take the notes and to jot it down. and like, okay, I did it. And I paste the lessons you know, that you need based on what you need. Like at the beginning, day one, like before you even start, you craft your why. Why are you doing it? We want it to be deeper than just weight loss. Weight loss is why most of us start, but we need to have a bigger why. But, you know, on day, day one, we understand the clean fast. And then we, you know, we learn about the health benefits on another day. And how is it different from a low calorie diet? So you're getting just what you need to know you know, every day and instead of feeling overwhelmed. Right. Well, thank you. I am honored. I am grateful. And I love the fact, I know that you're so humble. You are the utmost celebrity in intermittent fasting space, maybe even. Definitely in some- not. I know you'll say that, but like I said, the, there's a number of people that I know that, um, that do intermittent fasting or have, you know, been learning more about it and you are, you know, I want to say you're the queen. Um, I'll be the teacher. How about that? I'll be the intermittent fasting teacher. Okay. You can be the teacher because you like being the teacher. You are very, you are incredibly knowledgeable and motivational. Thank you. And so there, but you have helped thousands of people reach their goals. Well, that is true. And that's, that's, you know, that that's the number one thing that I'm the most grateful for is that I have been able to get this message out there because and it, it's thanks to, you know, the modern technology of my first book was self-published, started my own Facebook support community, podcast, anybody can put out a podcast and, and have it out, have it reach people. And so I'm so grateful that I've had the ability to put this message out there and to reach people and then let other people tell their stories. Because if I just told my story over and over again, that would, I mean, but the fact that there are hundreds of people who also are telling their stories of amazing healing and, and just, you know, life changing, um, through intermittent fasting, both physically and mentally, emotionally, it's just such a life-changing way to live. And, and knowing that we're changing our health trajectory forever. Well, I want to say, again, we talk about gratitude. You talk yeah. about it. I talk about it. 
I'm incredibly grateful that you're doing this work, which mm -hmm. I know you don't think of as work. Uh, and I thank you for taking the time for being here. And for those of you who are listening, um, I'd love for you to take a moment with us where we're going to talk about gratitude as Jen knows, cause she's listened, she's been on the podcast. And for you um, that are listening and are new to me, I end every episode playing what I call the grateful game. My son and I created this when he was nine years old and it was a way for us. The truth is, is I received a, a gratitude journal when I was working at a speaking event and I wanted to bring it home and do something with my son. And we thought it was fun, but we ended up staying up too late at night. So we made it work for us, right? And that's true yeah. with a lot of things in life. Maybe the way it's prescribed, so to speak, isn't the way it, it, it ends up showing up day to day. For us, it was talking about what we were grateful for and why each night. Right. And as time went on, we, we maybe do it a little less but we have the habit of thinking about what we're grateful for and why of maybe having conversation about it. And so then we do look in our day to day for good things that we're grateful for. So Jen, I would like you to play with me for a second. You already right. mentioned a few things you're grateful for with the technology and the ability to be here and share, um, share your story and others. Is there anything else in the last 24 hours that you were grateful for? Well, you know, I just had a meeting with my team from Macmillan or St. Martin's Press that were working on you know, the launch of the book. I'm really grateful to have a team behind me to, to know that this book is getting out there into the world. I'm grateful for every intermittent faster who shares, like your friend. And what was your friend's name? Megan Roberts. Hello, Megan Roberts. Oh my goodness. Say it again. She'll love it. Hello, Megan Roberts. I'm grateful for people like Megan Roberts who have found intermittent fasting and you know, I, I like to say, you know, share without fear, right? Because we can be afraid, especially if you're like me and I had all those yo-yo dieting years where I did crazy things. They're like, oh, well, Jen's just doing something crazy again, right? And so you're almost afraid to share. And so a lot of people have had that same background. And so I'm grateful for every person who shares without fear, even though they sometimes might get pushback from people who are uninformed about intermittent fasting, like, oh, you're just starving yourself. No, I'm not. <laughs> it actually feels the opposite of that. When I did the low calorie diet, that felt like starving I, myself. But every person who shares without fear, I'm grateful for. Well, thank you. And for the listeners out there, if you take a moment and think about what you're grateful for and why. Because as I always say, like, is it going to change the huge trajectory of something bad going on in your life? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But hopefully looking at the things around you that bring you joy, that bring you peace, that make you smile even, or just a laugh in a moment, that will help you put one foot in front of the other whatever you're going through in life. And here on this podcast is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring you experts and, and stories and suggestions and a little bit of inspiration so that you can put one foot in front of the other and find a little joy during whatever journey you're going through in life. So thank you again, Jen, for being here. Thank you for having me. And to everybody out there listening, I am wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Lots of happiness and healthy vibes to you. Bye for now. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.